Hi, this is Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager, Bone Adhesives. And Rob Johnson, Bone Training. And welcome to another episode of On the Floor. Uh, Rob, I, uh, before, I, before I get going here, um, how's, how's your, I always ask you about your family. You got a great little family and, uh, and I never talk about Rebecca. So how's Rebecca doing? Nobody talks about Rebecca. That's why I didn't mention her in the other podcast. She was really upset that everybody thinks that I have two kids. And uh, well, I said, you know, well, the, that's just the way it is when you're number three. Well, you notice a trend here, Rob? You notice that I always ask you about you and your life and your family? Yes. And uh, you don't, uh, no interest in, in me, do you? No, I really don't care. Yeah. It's sad, really. I mean, I've. You know, I got a family and a life myself, but you never seem to. All right, talk. all right, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. How's Judy? None of your business. How my wife is. How are your brothers? How are they doing? Uh, my brothers are doing fantastic, man. I actually uh, got a chance to visit them a couple weeks ago. I haven't seen them in a long time uh, on a job site. <laughs> actually, it's pretty funny. I'll, uh, this episode is about job site stories, so that'll lead right into that. And uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. And, and I, I'm going to call this story, Wayne Got Fat. So I, uh, you know, I, I, I started Highlander Hardwood Floors and, uh, and I hired my two brothers and, and I was the whip, you know, and I, I will say that I was fairly hard to work for. Okay. I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but I, I, you know, I became a rep and, you know, I don't do floors anymore. And, and um, I certainly don't do side jobs. I actually don't believe that a rep should ever do a side job take business away from customers. So I don't do floors anymore, but I still have the passion. You know what I mean? I'm like, like a, you know, I, I think I can still do it. You know what I mean? And uh, so I, I, I got a chance to work with my brothers, what I'm getting at. So uh, on a Saturday, I come out there. I said, well, look, you know, just like the old times, we worked together for about 20 years. I'll come and work with you. And they go, oh, okay, that sounds good, Wayne. So, um, about two thousand square foot job, and I and I thought, you know what, I'll I'll run the big machine, you know, something, you know, I, I certainly don't want to edge, what have you, with my knees, uh, after eight surgeries. So I said, I'll run the big machine. Rob, when you haven't been sanding floors for a long time, what do you think goes first? What part of your body do you think gives out first? Your feet. No, not for me. My triceps. Now, all the times, the years that I spent behind that big machine, I never thought that your triceps are really that much involved. But as I'm sanding this floor, my triceps are shaking. And uh, now we're eating, a, we're having a, a break, you know, about 11 o'clock, we're, we're having a sandwich. And as I'm eating this sandwich, my hand is shaking. And I'm trying not to let my brothers know that, you know, Wayne hasn't got it anymore. You know, <laughs> the game's passed him by. So, uh, my brother notices my arm shaking and I go, man, it's freezing in here. You guys cold? Because <laughs> it's 83 degrees, man. So uh, so the next day we get back to the job, we're going to water pop this floor now, right? Now, sometimes we water pop a floor. Sometimes we don't. It depends on the customer's expectations. But as we're staining the floor, my youngest brother goes, who's sweating on the floor? Now, in a million years, they know that's not me. I know you, you don't ever sweat on the floor. That's, that's 101. And I look at my forehead and I, and I don't see any sweat and I've been wiping. And I go, no, it's not. What are you, what are you looking at me for? It's not me. I'm, I, you know I know better. So we continue on staining the floor. And about 20 minutes later, my brother Doug goes, look, somebody's sweating on the floor, man. What, who's sweating on the floor? And I go, Doug, 
you know that's not me. And then I, you know, my, my T-shirts used to cover my whole stomach. And I looked down where my T-shirt was away from my stomach a little bit and sweat was rolling down from there onto the floor. My brother, now, Rob, you know I'm a sensitive guy, right? I can't wait to talk to your brothers, who also attended a school in Nashville with me. Okay, so my brother, Doug, uttered the four words that were so painful to hear. As, as I'm clutching the stain rags, he reaches and grabs the stain rags, and he says, Wayne, we got this. And uh, I realized, all right, man, maybe this passed me by a little bit. So, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, you in your mind you think you can still do it again, but uh, floors is like I said, it's it's a mental toughness that goes along with the the physical part of it, and uh, it just uh, yeah, it was rough. That's a tough day. Yeah, when you find it, when you find out you don't have it anymore, it's a tough day. I got a call from my kid, who's uh, you know he's in the business too. He's got a small company going, and. Um, he goes, hey, uh, what are you doing this weekend? So when I get those calls, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And then I know he's not going to ask me to go fishing or golfing anymore. It's, you know, now that he's got his own business. He goes, I could really use some help this weekend. I said, okay, no problem. So I get out to the job site Saturday and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. You know, when I was driving there, got a coffee, I'm driving there. I'm thinking, oh, this is getting back into it, baby. Here we go. And then I stepped onto the job, 1,500 feet. It was a nightmare sand job. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I remember doing this every single day. So so he comes over to me and he goes, all right, here's how we'll do it. Um, why don't you start edging for a little bit, then we'll switch off. I'll take the edger. You run the big machine, then we'll switch off again. You know, give each other a break back and forth. And I said, well... First off, I'm not getting paid for this. Your mother will not allow me to take a penny from you. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. I am going to drum, buff, and pull the T-bar. And that's it. You will do everything else. Edge, scrape, radiators, closets. That's how this is going to work. He was a little quiet, but he got the picture. That story sucked. Well, it was a hell of a lot shorter than yours. You got to oh, keep these man. things short, <laughs> you know? Okay. So, uh, I'll t I, you know, I, I learned to trade from my Uncle Stan, right? You know that. And, oh. Uh, Lane, Wayne, where did you learn this trade? From my Uncle Stan. So we uh, we uh, spent three days on this job with this guy, and uh, and the guy, you know, he's a bit of a hard case, and he and he's an older guy, kind of a retired guy, and he's and he's one of those guys that watches you the entire job, and uh, doesn't go away. So he's there. We show up on Monday. We're unloading the tools. He's watching us sand, you know, and he's he's never more than a few footsteps away from us. And my my uncle on the way home, he's complaining about this guy. And we show up on Tuesday, and then we, you know we get the first coat on, and you know the guy is still he's stickler asking questions, what have you. Puts us through the ringer. Third day, fourth day, well, all we got to do now is go pick up the check. So my uncle knocks on the door, no answer, and he turns to me and he goes, "Yeah, figures this is the day he's not going to answer the door. All we got to do is pick up the check." So he rings the doorbell, no answer. So. He goes around the back of the house. He goes, well, he's always around the back of the house. So he goes around the back of the house. And from the back of the house, we can see him sitting in a chair. But all we can see is the back of his head. 
So again, my uncle, now he bangs on the window. No response. So he has, we got nothing from this guy. So Stan goes, what are you going to do? He goes, well, he's probably sleeping. But I mean, you know, come on. All we got to do is pick up the check. He goes, let's just stop on the way home. I said, okay. We work all day. We, you know, about 5, 30, 6 o'clock, we roll back up to the guy's house. We bang on the door again. Nothing. We go to the back window. We see him sitting in his chair in the same spot. Well, what we didn't know was the guy was dead. He had died and had a heart attack that night sitting in his chair. So, uh, you know, we come back the following day and the family's there and what have you. And then uh, my uncle goes, uh, oh, Jesus. So he's such a nice guy. You know, we, you know, we only worked for him for a few days. We could tell he was a nice guy. Um, he said he was going to leave a check. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, that's brutal. The whole time you're telling that story, I'm wondering, did you get paid? Did Uncle Stan get paid on that one? Yeah, he got paid. He had a he, it was a roundabout way of getting paid, but man, it was brutal. That's one thing I like about our trade is that, you know, if you have a hard time on a job or it's a challenging job or a challenging customer, you know what? You're gone in another week. You're gone in two weeks, three weeks. The jobs, you know, some guys pull up to. A, I always feel sorry for general contractors that are married to that customer sometimes for six months or a year. I mean, we're very fortunate in some ways in this job. There's a lot of things I love about this job. Um, some guys send me pictures sometimes from job sites where the, you know, let's face it, we're in some of the nicest homes in America. If you guys, you know, if your customers are putting these beautiful high-end floors in their house, they probably got it going on. Uh, so we got to see some fabulous, fabulous job sites. And uh, I like it when guys send pictures from all across the country or they meet famous people or what have you. Um I was talking to a, a contractor in Ireland. I met him at NWFA school. This contractor, you know, we were talking about contracts at the, in the NWFA. You know, how it's smart to have a contract. And he was saying that in Ireland, nobody signs a contract. It's just unheard of. Uh, he only signed one contract ever, and it was for Bono, uh, the lead singer of U2. So I said, really? I said, you, you know, you work for Bono. He goes, yeah. He goes, the contract was you couldn't look at him. If you came into the room, you couldn't make eye contact, you couldn't initiate a conversation, and you couldn't you couldn't talk to him. And he said, "So we're on the job for you know a week and a half or so. We never saw him. We never never did see him come into the job or what have you." And so one day this guy comes in the room and I hear his voice and I know that's him. I'm thinking to myself, "That's Bono," and there's three of us working in the room, but you know we don't even want to look at the guy because you know all the paperwork we signed. So, you know, he leaves and lunch they're sitting around talking and the guy goes uh, to his, his partner, he goes, man, did you see him? He goes, no, I didn't look at him. So it turns out the three of them never did look at the guy. But they got tickets to go to one of his concerts. Now, in the concert, Bono's singing one of his songs, you know, and the song's going on. And then when the song ends, the drummer's just going boom, boom, boom on the drum. And Bono's walking around with a microphone and he says, he goes, yeah, every time you hear that drum hit, hit that, uh, that drummer hit that beat, there's a child in Africa dying. And so somebody in, the, in this perfect Irish dark humor, the, the guy in the audience screams out, well, for Christ's sake, stop hitting the drum. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. You got anything you want to share, Rob? Yeah, I got one. Well, I got a bunch, but. We were working for this lunatic a couple towns away from us, and every day, every day she would 
just go every through everything that we were doing on the install with a fine tooth comb. She come home from work and just one of those people that just you know you know the ones I'm talking about. So I see her car pull up, and as the car pulls up, I yell over to Pete. I said, "Hey, you know who is back?" And just as I said that to him, the upswing of his hammer, he clips the wall. And he puts a, a pretty good sized dent in the wall. Oh, no. This woman, it, this is the kind of woman, if I dented her wall, she's going to want to replace the entire wall. So now she's heading in. I, I, have, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I jump into the bathroom, I grab some toothpaste, and I smear the toothpaste on the hole. Real quick, real easy, and then I just kind of stand in front of it. So she walks in with her dog to do the inspection, and the dog goes beelining for the toothpaste. And is I'm pushing, and me and the dog are fighting. She's yelling at the dog, what's the matter with you? The dog's growling and everything, trying to get to that wall. Finally, she leaves with the dog, so we're out of that. We get done that job that same day. Get done the sand job. My partner lays down on the floor. He looks like he's dead. So I took a piece of chalk and I drew the dead man outline on him. <laughs> right? Yep. So we're both staring at it, laughing. You know, it's, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. We're punch drunk. So, of course, I have to draw an anatomically correct male, if you know what I mean. As soon as I get done drawing that, she walks back into the room. Now I jump. You can imagine me jumping. I jump onto the anatomically correct outline. And I just stood in the one place, spinning in circles while she's talking, going through the job. Never move from that spot. The whole time my partner's trying to nudge me off of the spot, just so he hated her that much that... You know, he wanted to get tossed from the job, I think. Were you guys just trying not to get the check? <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, you, you know, you know those jobs, Rob, where, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, the, some jobs take you all 10 rounds. And we, we had to get one done by Friday. I had to get a stain by Friday to stay on schedule. If I got it stained by Friday, I know I was good. And every job, there was a one little surprise here or there that started adding up. And, then, you know, the days were going long. And, and my wife's used to my schedule. And, you know, if you're a floor guy, you know, sometimes you'll go, you know, a month, several months without a day off sometimes if that's what it takes to get the job done on schedule. And um, I knew that I had to get it done on Friday, but it was going to be a fight. And my wife wanted to go out Friday night and do something uh, with my our friends. So I got it stained, but... But it, it was, you know, it took me till about seven o'clock tonight to get the last little bit stained. And so I, I took the tools instead of organizing. You know, I, I stay fairly organized. But in this case, it was like I was leaving the job like a jailbreak. You know, I just threw the, the tools in the van. I'll straighten them out on Saturday. I'll get it worked out. But I just got to get home. And I was tired. It was a long, long week. And I threw the buffer in the middle of the front two seats. And it's dark. I get in the van. I'm driving home. Now, it's a straight shot to get home. There's only one little S curve on that road to get home. So when I when I initiate the first part of the S turn, the the buffer reared back, and when I when I hit the next part of the turn, it it, it came back and smacked me in the side of my head. So I I then 
straightened it out. I go to the second part of the turn. The buffer came back again. And now I look to see what just hit me in the side of the head. So I, I, I look to my right. And as I look to my right, the buffer had come back now and smacked me in the face. I wanted to cry. I mean, this job is hard enough without your tools beating the hell out of you on the way home from work. Did you get rid of that buffer or did you keep it? Uh, I think it's been in the family for a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> a buffer that's that smart, you don't get rid of a buffer like that. No, no, no. You know, uh, we're on job site stories, but uh, I mean, I know you and I have a bunch. That is one of the really fun parts of doing the trainings, doing the schools is not only do you have your own, but there are so many great job site stories. Uh, I had this one guy from Toronto. He's telling a story that they get there, they're unloading the truck, and he said the people couldn't have been nicer. There's beer in the fridge. Take whatever you want. Eat. Have it. My house is your house. Treat it like that. So they go to work, and they're like, boy, this is awesome. You know, finally, somebody who respects what we do and knows how hard it is. So around lunchtime, he uh, he can't find his helper. He's looking around, looking around. He looks out back, and there's the helper at the grill, grilling up two big, beautiful steaks that he found in the refrigerator. <laughs> the guy goes screaming out, what the hell are you doing? He goes, well, you heard her. Our house is your house. Take whatever you want. I thought we'd have some steaks for lunch. It's just you get so many of these great stories at the school. Okay. So you remind me, I got to say this then, when you're talking about food. So, you know, I don't know if you know, but my myself and my two brothers, we raised each other's doing floors. I mean, we, we moved to Colorado, or California from Kentucky like the Grapes of Wrath, right? We came there. We didn't have any money. We When we started doing floors, we didn't have enough money to, to buy a buffer. So for the first probably three or four months, we hand buffed everything on our knees. So we're on a job site with my brother, John, and we're kids, man. We really were 17 to 20 years old. And uh, I see my brother making soup. He's putting soup in a microwave oven. And I go, John, what's what's the matter with you? We don't do that. I mean, why, why would you do that? He goes, oh, no, that's okay. I got it taken care of. I go, what do you mean you got it taken care of? I said, that's the homeowner's house, John. We don't do that. He said, there's painters on the job. Look. And he had, he had dipped his fingers in white paint and put them on the microwave. I said, well, I got no argument for that. That's brilliant. So let's have some soup. How old was he? I think he was 18, 19 That's years awesome. old. That's awesome. That's a good one. <laughs> Kids on the job site, that's some good stories. My um, The year, I think my son was around 12 years old, and I was teaching him that summer how to rack, you know, how to rack out the floors. So he's racking out a floor one day, and it was a, you know, now back then it was mostly two and a quarter. But this job we were doing three, five, seven. So by lunchtime, we're, you know, we're more than halfway on this 700 foot job. We are just flying. And he's like, this is, Dad, we got to lay this stuff all the time. This is the greatest stuff in the world. I go, well, you know, a lot, not a lot of call for it, but, you know, it is what it is. So the homeowner, she comes home after lunch and she's walking the job and everything. So as I'm walking and talking with her, he walks up to us and he says, Hey dad, um, you know, since we're getting done so much faster, is the installation cheaper? In front of the homeowner? Oh yeah. Right in front of her. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah. So now she turns to me and once again, I'm 
chicken on a hot plate trying to dance my way out of this one. I tell you, I could do an entire podcast just on bum stories. Maybe we'll do that. Just Uncle Stan and bum stories. Yeah, that's uh... (laughs) a... I'll tell you about the lady in the wheelchair. I'm doing an estimate. And the uh, guy comes in and I, you know, he answers the floor, you know, the, answers the door. He takes me up, up to the dining room and the living room. And in between the dining room, room it's all cupped. Uh, you know, there's carpet wall to wall, but you can walk on it. it was, it's really, really cupped, buckled even. So uh, I said, yeah, you guys, you got a problem here. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know what? I don't think there's any saving this. So uh, I don't know. We got we to gotta fix these floors. I said, okay. I said, well, did you have any, did you have a, a recent water damage or is this something been going on? He goes, Oh no, it's been going on over the years. I said, okay, I'm trying to figure out where this, you know, where this, all this moisture came from. So I said, well, the carpet looks like it's shot. Do you mind if I, if I, he goes, Oh no, the carpet's going to go. We're tearing it out. So, so I take my razor knife and I, I cut the carpet back and I see the boards are dark and they're, you know, they're buckled for sure. And so I get on my stomach and I'm laying on my stomach and I'm reaching back beyond the carpet, you know, kind of feeling what have you. And then I feel the other direction. I said, do you have an idea what caused it? And he goes, yeah, my, my mother-in-law here is incontinent. The mother-in-law sitting there in a wheelchair. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you, you, you do that before I got down on my stomach and got and reached under the carpet and feeling around. And the mother's sitting there look, in the wheelchair looking at me. They, uh, did it not occur to someone to say, well, yeah, this happened because... She's incontinent, and, you know, that's where it came from. Yeah, it's a nice way to end the day. That's a good way to end it. I bet that shirt smelled really good. Oh, yeah. Did you throw it away or wash it? Uh, I probably threw it away. boy. Probably threw it away. Yep. boy. I got a good story about your favorite girl in the world, Pauline. Okay. Uh, I come, I'm watching a hockey game one night, and she comes out, and she starts taking pictures of my feet. I said, you know, what are you doing? She goes, well, you're this hotshot floor guy. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a picture and show everybody what our floors look like. So I was like, oh, all right, I get it. You know, cobbler's kids have no shoes. No problem. No floor guy wants to do his own floors. There's no money in it. So I do the floors. I come home one night, a couple weeks later after I'm done, I come home one night and she's like, uh, hey, I got to talk to you about something. I'm like, yeah. She goes, come over here. I want to show you something. I walk over in the hallway and she goes, you see this hair right there on the floor? And, the, and now I'm thinking, this is this is my own wife. This isn't a customer. I didn't make five cents for this job. It cost me money. And she's going to start pointing little things out. So, you know, first of all, you know, I have no hair, right? I, I think everybody knows that. The guys in training now, their nickname for me is Uncle Fester. So I have... Before you go any further, the hair wasn't red, was it, by any chance? Actually, it was, but it was longer than yours. Okay, all right. You know, I was okay. So I took my hat off and I said, well, you know, it's not mine. And and then I start explaining to her about, you know, job site conditions and things. And I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm having this conversation with my own freaking wife. So then she says another thing. She goes... I got to tell you something else, too. When I'm laying down on the couch around 3 o'clock in the afternoon and the oh, sun comes no. in, and the sun no. comes in, she goes, I can see some, like, swore marks in the floor. So I was like, I, I, now rough. I'm almost speechless. So I said, well, wow. 
you know, that's just, you, you can't look at a floor in direct sunlight, and I'm explaining to her why I need to abrade and circular marks. And then when I got done with all that, I said, and what in God's name are you doing laying down at three o'clock in the afternoon? There's no cooking or cleaning or laundry or something. I know, you know, people don't, I'm not supposed to talk like that, but at the time, that's what I said to her. There, there isn't something you could be better doing better with your time than inspecting my floors and laying down at three o'clock. She goes, well, I just love laying down at three o'clock and the sun comes in and it's so nice. I was like, oh, okay, great. You know, that's, uh, Pauline should be able to lay down anytime she wants. You know, she works hard. She's a, she's a wonderful human being. Did I ever tell you how I met her? I, 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 no, I, I got to ask, before you, I was just going to ask you. I have a feeling that you met Pauline in this small window of time. Would she be open to marrying a guy like you? No, 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 no. Completely different. Really? Completely different. There was this woman's prison in New Hampshire, and I was doing the gym. And at the other end of the gym was this stage. And at the time, on the stage, the women's prison was holding an arm wrestling contest. And I looked up, and there's Pauline just whacking them out one after the other. She won that contest, and I thought to myself, this is the woman for me. I, this is definitely the woman for me. So, you know, two to three years later, she got out, good behavior, and, <laughs> no the, you know, we got married, and it's just been a, a storybook sale ever since. <laughs> yeah, I, Pauline is the is is sweetest lady. I, so just I think know that. Jeremiah, you know, he met his wife through Hardwood Floors. Jeremiah Strong, you know, the guy who replaced Wayne, didn't think it could mm-hmm. happen, but... Mm-hmm. Our good buddy Jeremiah Strong, he met his woman through hardwood floors, and I, I, I did too. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. If you're wondering where I met my wife, is that what you're getting at? I always forget <laughs> to ask about your family, don't I? Wayne. Yes, you do. Where'd you meet Judy? Uh, I met Judy at uh, us. Well, she, I, I'm not a big fan of her brother, to be honest with you. And her brother and my brother were going to a concert. The police. Remember the police, the, the band? Yes. They were going to that concert and uh and she was taking I didn't know I didn't know he had a sister. And uh, the, she dropped him off at the concert in San Francisco and they asked, you know, could I they had a ride there, but could I pick her up, pick him back up? And so I said, Well, how's how are you getting there? He said, Well, my sister's taking me. And now I'm interested in this kid. I never did like this kid up until then. And I said, You got a sister? He goes, Yeah. So then I had him introduce me to his sister, and then, uh, you know, I will say this, though, that when I asked for her hand in marriage, uh, you know, we had gone together for a year and a half or so now, and she was going to law school, and I was, you know, running a jackhammer every day, and I asked her parents for her hand in marriage. Uh, The dad kind of just got up and walked away in disgust, and the mom looked at me, and she goes, you know, we were hoping Judy would date around a little bit more. So that's uh, married thirty. That's why I didn't ask my father-in-law for Pauline's hand in marriage. I didn't want to hear yeah. the answer. Sometimes you don't don't ask an answer. You don't know the the don't ask a question. You don't know the answer to exactly. Yeah. Well, we've been married thirty-seven years now, and uh, so it worked out. Nice. Okay, Rob. So uh, I always like, you know, getting together with some floor guys and listening to some job site stories. And uh, uh, I think this has been kind of a little bit different for us and kind of fun. So, you know, 
I'd like to hear from some uh, some other guys' stories. You know, no, some definitely. Other, some- uh, you guys who are listening out there, um, if you have a story, please send those stories to us. Uh, send it to my email, Rob dot johnson at bona.com and we'll make sure you get something a mug or t-shirt or on the floor some kind of on the floor swag uh, we really appreciate the feedback uh, my email once again is rob dot johnson at bona.com that's r-o-b dot j-o-h-n-s-o-n at b-o-n-a dot com also, we talked in an earlier episode about guys that have bands in this in this uh, flooring industry. Any of you guys that have a band or you play the drums or play guitar or uh, what have you, send it in and we'll give you a shout out. And uh, I love hearing it, man. I'm a huge music fan. We could do a whole podcast just on music and my extensive knowledge of uh, music, I should say. And uh, we can uh, make a podcast out of that. But for now, this has been another episode of On the Floor. Hey, with Wayne. Wayne Hot. Wayne. Yeah. Do you know that, I was, I, that I'm kind of a singer? No. Uh, yeah, I did, but I was right in the middle of something. Do you ever hear me do Sinatra? I never have. Can you do the Fly Me to the Moon? summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. What do you think? I think it's beautiful. You thought Can't that you was Frank, didn't you? Yeah, I, you I, surprised I, That me was there. me. Yeah. I was not playing a tape. That was me. Yeah, wow, really? Yes. Acapella. Yeah, very nice. So if anybody wants to send in some music, uh, please do send it to me. Send it to my email address is wayne.highlander at bona.com. That's W-A-Y-N-E dot H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-E-R at bona.com. And uh, we'll give uh, some guys some shout outs on their on music. So this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander and Rob Johnson. Please stay tuned next week for another episode.